0: Welcome down to my basement on the south side of Chicago. My name is Chris, and I am one half of what is Sox in the Basement, recorded at my 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us. So just pour a cold one wherever you are at and sit back and relax and enjoy a White Sox simulated game using MLB The Show 20. We've been doing it since opening day, and we will continue to do it as long as necessary. And don't worry, if baseball comes back, which we all hope it will, We will finish out this season, so we don't leave you hanging. Reynaldo Lopez leads the Chicago White Sox in many pitching metrics, but last night Dallas Keuchel caught up in a few, and Dylan Cease has been red hot. White Sox pitching doing good from top to bottom. The team sits at 19-13 and and just took their first of a three-game set at home over the Baltimore Orioles last night. And my partner in crime, Dave, who I grew up across the street from over on 80th and Spaulding, and normally sits down here and does the podcast that's for fans by fans, Sox in the basement, joins me this weekend. Dave, what do you think of the White Sox so far?
1: Uh, I'm impressed. Um, like the record, I love the division record of 10 and 5. That, to me, is probably the most important stat of everything that you had just mentioned here, because... We've always heard it for years. It's common knowledge. You've got to beat teams in your division. You know, you have to.
0: And without further ado, let's throw it out to Guaranteed Rate Field for Game 2 of 3 this weekend set. White Sox-Orioles from Sox in the Basement, next. And welcome to a beautiful day at the ballpark. Guaranteed Rate Field with the Chicago White sox Taking the field right now against the 10-22 Baltimore Orioles. The Sox sitting at 19-13 as we get this simulated game underway from Sox in the basement. And Dylan Cease has been hot as of late. Six total starts. He's 3-1 and one with a 3.63 earned run average. 34 and two-thirds innings. 34 hits given up. 12 walks. That's a 1.33 whip. And he also has 34 strikeouts and over his last four starts, Yasmani Grandal has caught him three times, and those were his three best games that he has had, barely giving up a run. He has been very impressive as he throws this one high and tight inside for ball one, and the game is underway. Sox still sitting in second place, 19-13, finished April with an 18-13 record, and won on May 1st last night in the rain against these Orioles to get to 19-13. As Jose Iglesias leads off hitting 238, With the righty cease, he puts one across in the strike zone. One and one the count now, even. Really nice afternoon here for a ball game. As Iglesias sends this one down foul. 60 degrees, clear skies, window coming in, straight in from center field at 9 miles per hour. So it may knock something down at some point in this game. And With the pitcher we have on the mound... I will take it, because he's already been effective in swirling wings. The key has been, as this one's fouled off down the first baseline, 1-2, and working quickly. Grandal keeps him at a different pace than McCann. And with the success he's had, I think Grandal will always be his catcher, at least for the time being, until Dylan Cease gets into a rhythm. And this one is fouled off. The next pitch is a ball. The count is even at 2-2. and Cease working quickly again, throws one, just misses the outside corner. The count is full. Cease has kept his pitch count down. But he's going to use a lot of pitches to end up walking the leadoff batter here. So eight pitches to put a runner on first, and that's not how he wanted to start the game. Puts his hands on his hips. Walks off the mound for a second, walking towards second base. Dwight Smith Jr., the lefty, will step in now, hitting 225. Last night, we had a great game from Dallas Keuchel. This one's high on a four-seamer and misses 1-0. and oh. He was perfect into the sixth, and had a no-hitter into the seventh. Sox shut the Orioles out, winning five to nothing in the pouring rain.
1: Let me ask, let me ask you this about Dallas. Has the defense been holding up around him? Because that was kind of a concern that we had had with all the ground balls that he throws i mean so how has ben how is he how is the defense behind him back are they making the plays that need to be made
0: is that's a strike in the outside corner you know dave i think i think it matters who the defense is when he has good defenders behind him it really does make a difference he induces a lot of ground balls uh, he had a good defense behind him last night he had the starters he had mendick he had anderson he had Mancada. I think when you see a guy like Leary Garcia get in there, we've seen a few errors by Leary. And I don't know if having Mendick at third is good for Keichel as well as Smith swings at one outside and Cease sits him down for his first strikeout of the game. So he walked the first and struck out the next hitter as Dylan tries to get on track quickly. One out here in the top of the first inning with Trey Mancini hitting 3-10, batting righty and up at the plate. And he fouls this one off down the first base line, 0-1 the count. The real problem has been Lucas Giolito. It just feels like the game hates him. I don't understand why he's so bad, at least early on, as we do this season. But I feel like he'll turn it around. As Mancini sends this one out to deep center field, but it's caught by Luis Robert easily. And there's two outs. He didn't get to the track, but he did have to run back and catch that over his shoulder. Runner does not advance. Two outs. The leadoff runner's on first. And Reynado Nunez will come up. He's got 14 RBIs. That leads the Orioles. Six home runs and a .295 average.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't buy it. I mean, because, listen, when, when you've got Ronaldo Lopez with a 1.13 whip, and then you've got Giolito up there at the 1.5 whip. Something is rotten in Denmark, said Hamlet. You know, I don't I don't
0: buy it. As that's a ball and quickly three and zero is Nunez on a couple of really close pitches from Cease, who doesn't want to walk another batter here in the first inning. The pitch on the way inside walked him on four. So there's two runners on and two outs. He walked the first batter, struck out the next. Next one flew out to Robert. Now he walks the batter on four pitches. So not the start we're accustomed to with Cease, although he is working quickly with Grandau. And I'll say this about Giolito. One, I think he's going to even out and it's going to get better. But two, I don't know if you want to blame the simulation on every time something goes bad. You see anomalies at the beginning of seasons all the time. You see guys get off the bad starts that you don't understand. And then they figure it out as the year goes on. It all evens out by the end of the year. I think we're going to see that with Giolito. As much as we're going to see some guys that got hot early probably cool off a little bit. It will be interesting. But doesn't stand out to me as something crazy. As Anthony Santander, standing in the left-handed batter's box, he's one and two quickly, as Cease moving along, pitch number 22 here in the first inning. Inside four, Seamer misses two and two the count. Runners on first and second, no score. Two outs, grounder over to Madrigal at second, makes an easy scoop, and over to Abreu at first for the 4-3 putout. And Cease gets out of a not-so-perfect inning. He put two on, but he walks off the mound without giving up a hit yet, and his team is coming to bat here in the bottom of the first. Cole Stewart, six games so far here in 2020, he's got a one and four record, a nine ERA, 9.00 over 25 innings, 35 hits and 16 walks, that gives him a whip over two, 2.04, 21 strikeouts. Walks and hits per innings pitched, over two. If he's gonna put on two guys an inning against this offense, We're gonna have a fun day at the ballpark. Tim Anderson steps up, hitting 331. And the pitch is on the way and the first one is ripped deep down the third baseline, hooking foul. Right before the pole, he was all over the first pitch from Stewart who takes his hat off and brushes his brow. And he's one pitch into the game. Oh, I wanna eat this guy alive with a 2.04 whip. Over six games. That's why this team is 10-22 and 22 and fifth in the AL East. The Orioles have a lot they have to put together over the next couple of years, and most of these guys out in the field will not be here if they ever get good. They are at the beginning, yet again, of yet another rebuild. They're in a perpetual one, as this one's thrown to the backstop outside. Two and one the count. The next pitch on the way. Gets the strike zone barely at the knees on a four-seamer. Two and two, the count is even. The TA. The next offering. Chopped the first. Ground ball scooped up and over to first base for the tag. There's one gone on the unassisted three putout. Anderson struggled last night. He seems to be falling into a slump. Hopefully that's not true. As Yasmani Grandal worked his way out of one recently. He's hitting 242 now. He's got eight home runs. And he's batting from the left side here in the two spot. A spot that he's been getting back into. Early in the season, he hit the two spot with success. When he went into the slump, they moved him everywhere. Now that he's gotten better, they've moved him up to the two spot, and he's doing pretty well. At times, Larry Garcia will be up in the two spot, but he's not playing today. So when he's not there, the tendency seems to be to put the back of Grandal in that spot in front of Abreu and Mancado. Grandal had struggles in the middle of the order. The 2-1 pitch to Grandal, low inside, two seamer, three and one the count. He just had difficulties when he was in the four or five spot, and Abreu owns the three spot. Ball four, high and outside, he'll take his base. So with one out in the first, first base runner for the White Sox is Yasmani Grandal. He is not fleet of foot, but he's a runner. And Jose Abreu, with nine home runs and 21 RBIs, hitting .276, stands in. Had a couple of walks and a big two-run home run early on last night. And he puts this one out in the center field, dropping quickly. It'll be a base hit. Grandau will advance to second. No way of really putting on any wheels because we weren't sure how far that ball was going to carry and if a play would be made on it. But it does drop in. So there's two on now for the Sox with one out. Yohan Moncada comes up to hit on the left side of the plate. He has two home runs from the left side, three from the right so far. Four RBI on the left side, 12 from the right. The pitch on the way to the 336 hitting Mancada is low and inside, but catches the zone. Owen won the count. Yuan laid off that opening pitch. Here's the next offering. Outside changeup misses. One and one the count. We said that the whip. Of Cole Stewart was 2.04. Well, those two base runners are on this inning. So now, what are you going to do with them? Two-seam fastball just above the knees for a strike, one and two. As Mancada has yet to use the bat, standing in looking for something he hasn't seen yet. The offering misses outside on a changeup, two and two. My co-host Dave has been joining me all weekend long. I want to get to some talk about Mancada later on, but. I kind of want to watch this at bat and not talk about anything else except the the field and what's going on on it. As a low four-seamer misses, the count is full with Aloy Jimenez standing on deck. Two on, first and second. Grandal's on second, Abreu on first. Three-two count with one out in the bottom of the first. Stewart delivers. This one's connected with and sent out in the center field, falling fast, but a nice play put on this time. Did not fall fast enough ball gets in quickly that is the second out nobody will advance and Jimenez will come up hitting 263 Velasquez made a really nice play out in center much like the Abreu hit. this one was carrying but it didn't drop right in front of him it actually got to the glove unfortunately as Jimenez stands in in the first pitch from the righty Stewart inside and fouled back on a four-seamer he scored seven runs in the last ten games had a couple of homers I think that's the reason but he's also getting on base. Early on in the season, was home run or nothing. Not anymore as an inside four seamer at the waist catches the zone, 0-2. So Stewart put on those two runners and now is trying to lock it down, and get out of the inning. And to have a whip of 2.04 and not be in the minor leagues, you must be a magician. Grounded up the middle and it's into the outfield. Grandal's gonna come around and score. The Sox have their first run as that is just out of reach of the second baseman going over the bag and rolls out to center field on a seeing-eye single. Excellent job by Aloya Jimenez, who's up towards the top of the majors. He's in the top 10 in RBI right now. I believe sitting eighth with that RBI that would put him at 26 on the season. Edwin Encarnacion stands in and a slider misses outside, 1-0 the count. Two outs here in the bottom of the first. This is why you have Edwin where you have Edwin. Innings like this where you've already gotten a run, and the 255 hitting Encarnacion could get a big hit here and drive somebody in. He fouls off a four-seamer and on the hands. One and one the count. Mm -hmm. 22 pitches so far for Stewart, 12 of them for strikes. He's given up two hits and a walk so far in this inning. As this one's in the dirt, it will roll. The runners are gonna try to advance, and safe under the tag is Abreu at third base. Ball rolled away behind Encarnacion, and he didn't move. He just stayed in the batter's box. A smart move. Catcher has to come around him to scoop it after he sees it. Hidden behind his foot. And he can't get a Abreu. has also moved up. They're second and third. 2-1 pitch. He gets a slider across for a strike. 2-2, two two, the count is even with two outs in the bottom of the first. Big pitch coming up here. Two runners in scoring position. Edwin wants to make good contact. A high pitch goes for a ball. 3-2 and the count with Mazzara on deck. And the Sox have the Orioles a little bit on the ropes early on. And you would like to pour it on and get a few more runs quickly. The pitch on the way. Down the third baseline, just foul. That would have scored two. Count still full, the next offering. Low and outside, and Encarnacion holds off on a pitch that we've seen him dive at all season long. When he's got two strikes, he generally will go for that low outside pitch, but he did not get fooled by Stewart. Very different approach to the plate. And now Nomar Mazara comes up, hitting 198 with three home runs and nine RBI. But two of those home runs came this week, and the average has been coming back up again, and he can get over 200 with a hit here and driving some runs the first pitch to the lefty swung on and missed on a fastball tailing away high and outside just outside the zone Sox would really like to see Mazzara pick things up I don't expect him to be a world beater but I didn't expect this it's a new month and hopefully a new attitude as he fouls back a slider inside that came in at 97 miles an hour 0-2 and Mazzara steps out puts his hands on his hips in a breath and he steps back in. That does not look like he's confident when he does that. The next pitch, high taken for a ball, <laughs> one and two. Mazzara steps out again. And we'll get back into the box. Second and third, two out, Bottom of the first. The one-two pitch. Low misses on a change, two and two. Stewart had Mazzara off balance, but couldn't get the next two pitches into the zone. And now Nomar. He's got to understand that anything and everything is on the table. But with no open base, he's probably going to get a pitch to hit. This one's outside 3-2. and two, So now Mazzaro's got to be thinking, is he really going to walk me or risk it? Or is he going to try to get it over and what am I going to do with it? Full count. Bases loaded. Two outs. Bottom of the first. The pitch to Mazzaro. High ball four and a run will walk in. Stewart walks in a Brayu. Everybody else moves up 90 feet the White Sox lead a two to nothing and Nick Madrigal the eight hitter Will come up hitting a whopping 100 Ricky Renteria saying before the game he wants to get him in the game more At the acclimation period we can't avoid putting him in just because other guys are struggling. We got to give him his opportunity He's got a triple in his first game. He's had one other hit So two hits in limited action since he came up late in April inside slider, just gets the zone. 0-1. He came in last night as a pinch hitter and defensive replacement struck out. And is only at bat. Through 19 at bats, 5 strikeouts. We do not expect this from Nick Mandrigal, but he is adjusting. High inside pitch. He lays off of 1-1 one and one the count now. Jimenez on third. Encarnacion on second. Mazzara's on first. With two outs, in the bottom of the first. Low pitch misses below the knees on a four-seamer, two and one. I know Madrigal is tempted to not swing at anything close, but he's got to understand he's not going to get the same calls that these guys that have been up here for a while are going to get from an umpire. And he's tiny. And I think umpires are given the benefit of the doubt as this one has fouled off a fastball right in the outer corner of the plate. Two and two the count now to Nick Madrigal. The pitch. The pitch. Checks it up, did he go? They're gonna appeal and no he did not. A pitch outside tailing away, he's able to pull back. Roberts on deck and the count is full again. Madrigal has to understand he's gonna try to get it across the plate to him. What can he do with it? The pitch, swung on and belted into right field coming in quickly. They are gonna make a shoestring grab out there in the outfield. Madrigal almost drives in a few just couldn't find the open spot of grass. After one, the Sox lead two to nothing. The White Sox had a golden opportunity to really bust this game open. They do get two runs, but leave three on. And Ramon Urias hitting 2-0-4 will stand in. Dylan Cease has had a little bit of time that may have knocked him out of the flow that he was starting to develop at the end of the first inning. He throws this one inside for a ball, 1-0 the count. The next pitch on the way. Low and outside for Seamer, two and zero. Rondell putting the sign down and putting the glove up. Down the middle 4 Seamer hits a movement. Two and one as that one's taken. Red Sox lead Texas early on five to nothing in Boston. As a four-seamer hits the outside corner, two and two. Toronto leading at home against the Yankees in their day game, four to nothing. The pitch. Fouled off down the third base line. A sharp line drive into the stands. Or actually into the net. 2-2. and The next offering. Just misses outside on a changeup. The count will go full. There have been close pitches for both pitchers that are going for balls. This is a tight strike zone. Just ask Baltimore after that first inning. Puts this one down the middle. It's going to be sent out in the right field for a base hit in front of Mazzara. He wasn't going to walk him. So he puts him out with a base hit. Opposite field for Urias. Into shallow right field near the line. He's only going to get a single as Mazzaro is all over it. So the leadoff runner is on first. And Austin wins. We didn't see him last night. He's hitting 243 in limited action. Stands in the righty. He's got nine RBIs, which makes him fourth on the Orioles in two home runs. So he has done the most with limited time. The next pitch from Cease, inside misses so quickly 2-0 and to Wins, the pitch. Down the middle, change up, take him for a strike, 2-1 and the count. Cease normally works pretty quick, but he's not finding the plate as often as he would like. So you see him slowing down a little bit, you see Grandal trying to get, tell him let's go, let's go, let's go.
1: Well we knew this, we knew this when we first signed Grandal. What was the big thing that we talked about with him? It's the pitch framing. It's how he's able to frame the pitches in such a way that all of a sudden, you know, pitches that would have been balls are now getting called strikes. And the other thing that we had been praising Grandal for when he first came in is his ability to work with young pitchers. I had mentioned in a previous call with you Uh, the other day that maybe the game has got some metric or uh, that's factoring in that Dylan Peake is figuring something out in his second year. Maybe that X-factor is in fact Rizmani Grandal. And if so, awesome. Because again, that's, that's what we expected from him when the White Sox signed him. That's one of the
0: things that he's known for. Looks in at Grandal, the pitch. Ripped down the third baseline foul, two and two. Wins was all over that pitch way out in front of it now he fouls off a slider tailing away just gets a piece of it goes back to the backstop two and two the count cease hesitation then delivery and he gets the outside corner on a fastball Wins takes it he's man at the umpire but that's a clear-cut strike and a second strikeout for Dylan Cease and Andrew Velasquez hitting only 087 but made a really nice play in center Otherwise, the Sox might have had more runs in that last inning. Got Mancadas hit out in the center field. Takes a ball outside, 1-0. Over his last few starts, Dylan Cease has been very effective and not used a lot of pitches, but he's on 38 pitches here as this one's delivered number 39 a strike on the inside corner, we have one out in a second. Still trying to figure out exactly where that ball is going to go. I don't think he has his best stuff today, but Grandal is nursing him through it he's got a relatively fresh bullpen after Dallas Keuchel went seven and only needed one relief pitcher to finish the game off last night this one's popped out behind second base Anderson makes the easy catch there's two gone and Chris Davis comes up hitting 200 the lefty with the power but a lot of disappointment for that big contract that he signed a few years back takes an outside ball just misses the zone want to know the count Two outs in the top of the second. Urias is going from first. The throw down from Grandal. He's out. Trying to steal second base. Grandal throws out the base runner. On the head first slide, Anderson puts down the tag. Slight hesitation from the umpire, but he got him right across the hands before the hands hit the base. Perfect swipe tag. And Luis Robber comes up, hitting 194, but he had a really nice game last night. Two for four, and the two outs were hard hit balls. He also has a double and three RBI over his last three games. So he's starting to try to find a way to break out of this. And it'd be nice to see him continue. He's one and one right now. Two inside pitches. One caught the zone. The other one was too far inside. So the 1-1 one, one count, the bomb of the second. Stewart sitting on 41 pitches at this moment. Here's pitch number 42. Grounded up the middle. That's going to get through for a base hit. Roberts on with the leadoff hit here in the second inning. And, you know, he's got to be getting some good advice. We've watched veterans early on struggle. We saw Jimenez struggling. We saw Grandal struggling. We saw Moncada struggling. And when they got out of it, they were putting balls on the ground up the middle and trying to get simple base hits. Make contact. Don't try to kill it. Don't try to be a stud. And I think Luis Robert... He's going to have to get used to just getting hits against Major League pitching. The home runs, the power, the big exciting stuff we saw is going to come. But he's getting back to basics, and that was a big hit for him on the road back from this big slump at the beginning of the year. Tim Anderson comes up and fouls one right down the third base line. He did that in his first at bat. He's 0-1 in the count with Robert and Speed on first. Outside pitch now grounded in the left field, right in between the third baseman and the shortstop, Glacius. Seeing a single by Anderson Robert advances up the second base. You've got really good speed on board and no outs First and second with Robert on second Anderson on first No outs in the second and Grandal comes up hitting 242 and takes an outside changeup 1-0 We said that this pitcher puts on two guys per inning put on way more than that in the first inning He's already got two guys on here with no outs in the second the pitch from Stewart Swung on and missed on a four-seamer. Grandal was looking for it in the zone. It rode up way above his bat as he swung underneath it. The two leaders in stolen bases right now in the American League stand on second and first. As that's a strike, one and two the count to Grandal. The next offering, fouled back on a changeup. Count remains one and two. I love double steals, but with this lineup coming up, do you really want to run yourself out of an inning? With this pitcher struggling as that pitch is outside for a ball and the count evens at two, do you want to take that chance? Oh, strike at the knees, and Grandal stands there, puts the bat down, and looks right at the umpire, and he's going to say a few things before he goes back. And I think what he's saying is, my guy isn't getting that call. And he's right. That call hasn't happened all day long. That's been a ball. That's why there were so many walks in the first inning and a half of this game, and now Grandal's like, why wasn't it a ball from me? Abreu comes up. Fouls the first one down the first baseline. Mm-hmm. Looks at the runners. Looks in at Abreu. Double steal is on. Both runners going to throw down to third. Robert is safe at third base. Anderson safe at second. So they did put on the double steal. And Robert beats the throw to third base on a high throw. Goes in feet first and pop-up slides. He's safe under the tag. Anderson in the second. So now second and third with one out. And this ball's in the dirt and it's gonna roll. Robert comes halfway down the line and then heads back, realizing he might not have made it. Sox putting pressure on here with one out the bottom of the second. 2-1 count to Abreu, the pitch. Fouled off down the first baseline. The count goes even at two. We were talking about that speed with those two guys. And would they try to do something like that? That was fun to watch. A low four-seam fastball taken. Three and two, the count is full. Mancadas on deck hitting 333. Stewart's already up to 55 pitches. Sox have a 2-0 lead. A Bray who knows a flyout at least scores a run. A base hit's going to score two. A home run scores three. The pitch. Fouled off into the dugout down the first baseline. Count remains full. The pitch on the way. Rifled out in the left field. It is going to be caught. Roberts going to tag and head home. The throw will come in. He is safe. Anderson waits at second in case the ball is cut off. Sox get the run on the sack fly out the left by Abreu and lead 3-0 as Moncada steps in with two outs and unfinished business. He was one of the few that made an out going through the first time in the lineup. He's got a runner in scoring position that he wants to get across. Four seamer above the knees. A strike. 0-1 the count. He's got a 333 average right now. Uh, Came in with a good average uh, at the beginning of the series, Dave. What do you what do you think about Yohan Moncada this early in the 2020 season?
1: Yohan Moncada 330. I would have him probably closer in real life to about 300 at this point. So
0: not way far off. I'm not surprised by it. I know he's going to probably end up around 300, but I would be surprised by a 330 hitting season from this guy. I think he's a future MVP. I really do, and I'm enjoying watching him play and. I'm enjoying what he does in the four spot right now for this team. Two and two pitch now on the way. Cap the first base. Going to be tough, but a play will be made. Mancada rounds out. Davis tags first. Unassisted three, but the White Sox get another run. And after two, lead three to nothing on the south side. Let's take a look at the Chicago White Sox pitching staff. They have a whip of 1.25 as a staff that's first in the American League, third in the MLB. Opponents are hitting 225 against them. That's first in the American League and second in the MLB. There's been bumps in the road, but I think if you are angry about what's going on with a 19 and 13 team coming out of a rebuild, looking at what's happening early on and knowing this is just the tip of the iceberg, I am excited watching this. Chris Davis stands in. He was at the plate when the third out was made on an attempted steal. Runner was thrown out, so he gets a brand new count and swings at the first offering from Cease. 0-1 the count. Cease enters the third inning with 42 pitches. That was pitch number 43. Trying to get a little bit more efficient to stretch his outing deeper. Outside changeup misses, 1-1 the count. Inside for Seamer, misses 2-1. Fly ball down the first baseline, hooking foul into the stands from Chris Davis. Count is even at two. On a beautiful day here. Saturday afternoon and now a four-seamer pulling away. Swung on and missed. Cease with a wicked four-seam fastball that dove out of the zone outside on Davison. He could not reach it. So Cease sits him down for a strikeout to lead off the third inning. And Jose Iglesias hitting 238, Steps up to the plate. He's the leadoff hitter. He got on with a walk in the first inning. Takes an inside ball, 1-0. I remember a time when Iglesias was the end all be all prospect everybody wanted. Remember, Iglesias was part of the deal when the White Sox acquired Jake Peavy. Iglesias, in that three way deal, ended up going to Detroit. Now he's on the Orioles. And I don't think that I would call him an all star. I don't think he's even been an all star. It shows how prospects sometimes don't pan out. The White Sox have been very fortunate early on that some of our guys are showing good stuff. This one's flying out in the center field. Coming in quickly is Robert. He will try to make the play but cannot get there. keeps the ball in front of him on the dive. I think Anderson was closer to it than Robert. But Luis Robert was coming in like a bat out of hell for that ball. And I think Anderson saw the look in his face and said, I think he's got it. And Robert could not come up with the ball, so that's going to be a base hit a single, Iglesias is on first, and now Dwight Smith Jr. stands in, 0 for 1, the lefty, takes a strike low in the zone, and he's 0 and 1 in the count, Cease working quickly, throws a changeup, low and inside, the 1-1 pitch, grounded the second, Mandrigold catches it, flips to Anderson across the first, they'll get him, nice scoop by Abreu, rack him up, Four to six, three to three, the double play ends the third. At least the top of the third, the bottom's coming up. Folks, this broadcast is brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park, 33rd in Princeton. Make sure that when everything opens up, you're in there. I'll be there. We'll have a beer together. But before that happens, we have to support them. And you get good food out of it. They got award-winning burgers, wraps, salads, all the good stuff, all the ballpark food. As Aloy Menez stands in and takes a change up on the outside corner for a strike 0-1. Check him out on Grubhub, go to cork and carry at the Park.com directly. Jimenez is one for one, as he grounds this one softly down the third base line, a tough play, he is safe at first, as the ball was more like a bunt. He swung, chopped it into the ground, and it went along the dirt. Third baseman Nunez did not want to go near it, but the pitcher scoops it, and I think it would have gone out of play. He made the wrong choice, being overly aggressive, Jimenez is able to get down the line and is safe at first base. So the leadoff runner is on for Edwin Encarnacion hitting 255, and he fouls this one off down the first base line—a two-seam fastball. They weren't kidding about this Stewart. He puts a lot of guys on base. White Sox unfortunately only have three runs. They had the potential to have nine by now easily. That one's fouled back into the chest protector of the catcher. 0-2 oh quickly. Bomb in a third, Sox lead 3 to nothing. No outs, runner on first. Inside pitch almost gets Encarnacion. That would have sent him the first as well. He gets out of the way. 1-2 and two the count. Cole Stewart, the starter for the Orioles, has been putting a lot of guys on base, and a few of them have scored. He's almost to 70 pitches here. He will not be on the mound for long. White Sox trying to take advantage of a team that just isn't very good, and that's what you have to do. Four-seamer over the bat of Encarnacion, swung on and missed. He will go down swinging, second strikeout for Stewart. And there's one out. Nomar Mazzaro will step up to the plate. Got on with a walk. Actually, a run got walked in, and then at bat. So he gets an RBI, right? 198 though, he's still hitting. Swings at the first pitch, sends it out to right center field, it stays up way too long even though it was in the gap. It'll be caught by Vasquez coming over from center. And he'll get it into the relay man. One pitch, one out for Mazzara. He's done that a lot this year. Not a badly hit ball, just hung up too long. And Nick Mandrigal is batting eighth right now. He's 0 for 1 with a ground out. No, I'm sorry, it was a fly out. It was a fly out in the shallow right field. And he's 1-0 on a pitch outside. The righty Mandrigal stands in there with the size and intimidation of a hobbit. He's a tiny man as this one misses high. Probably would have been a strike for most people, but it's eye level for him. This one's rifled out in the right field and into the gap. Runner coming all the way around. Jimenez is gonna score. Mandrigal's on his way in a third. He has his second triple of the season. Three hits and two of them are triples to the right center field gap. Nick Mandrigal, and what's great about this play is the leaping second baseman almost makes the play. That misses his glove by inches, and then it continues the rise as it goes out into the gap and gets all the way to the wall. Really hard hit ball by Mandrindle. He gets a triple, drives in the run, Jimenez scores, and with two outs, the White Sox get a run in the third. They lead four to nothing, and Luis Robert takes the first pitch for a ball, 1-0. and Already has a base hit up the middle. Now he swings on this one and sends it out to right, tailing back towards the pole, but it will stay in and be caught as the right fielder was playing near the line. Madrigal gets a hit, a triple in fact. Drives in a run, Sox lead 4-0 after three. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria making them a veteran owned business and a female owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. And folks, Family Waterproofing Solutions has Socks in the Basement deals. Just tell them you heard about them on Socks in the Basement and they will hook you up with some of the great deals they have. On certain days, you get a lot of money off just by mentioning us. So check that out. I know a lot of you have been calling. I talked to the owner over there. Ken is very excited about this partnership and very excited about working for White Sox fans. Fixing what's going on in their basements. And remember, a portion of the proceeds go to first responders and veterans organizations. Ken, a vet, he's a Marine. His wife Maria and him run the business. Really nice people. Inside four Seamer catches the zone. Two and one to Trey Mancini, who's 0 for one in this game. Cease working here in the top of the fourth inning with a 4 0 lead. At some point, we'll see the bullpen. I don't think this is a complete game kind of thing with him. He doesn't seem to have the stuff, but at some point, we'll see that bullpen. The bullpen has been very, very strong so far. It'll be interesting to see when Michael Kopech eventually joins the team. Who gets dropped out of the bullpen, down to the minors, as the count goes full on a swinging strike to Mancini. And then who leaves the rotation? And will we have to wait for a while because everybody's pitching so well? Change up high, and it catches the zone. Mancini laid off of it thinking he was gonna get ball four. That is another strikeout for Cease, good for him starting to really find his rhythm first out of the inning. Actually looking down at Michael Kopeck right now he's not doing very well you know, you look at his month, he had a very very difficult month, high whip, high ERA hasn't taken a win down to AAA Charlotte so remember he's working his way back from a surgery there is the possibility that, that could actually happen and he's got to get things put back together again as Renato Nunez steps in hitting 295 and fouls that one off Owen won the count next pitch sent over to short backhanded by Anderson over to first gets him with plenty of time two outs here in the top of the fourth quickly as the first two have gone down for the Orioles And Anthony Santander the left fielder today stands in there hitting left-handed against Dylan Cease Cease into the wind in the pitch Rifles this one out to Jimenez. He's going to come over, get called off by Moncada, who went way back to get that one. I don't know if Jimenez would have made it. He was on a shift. Moncada was in the perfect spot. 1-2-3, go to the Orioles midway through the fourth. And Wade LeBlanc, we saw him last night, comes in. He's got 12 games under his belt, 32 innings. One one record, 5.06 earned run average. He will take over here, so only three innings for the starter. Now LeBlanc comes in for some long relief. Tim Anderson's up there to lead things off. He's one for two. And he chops the first pitch to third. Lots of time to make that throw over. 5-3 put out. And Anderson is retired on one pitch. Bad day for Cole Stewart. 74 pitches over three innings. He gives up four earned runs. He walked three, gave up six hits. He's probably sitting there saying, man, I'm lucky I only gave up four. He was in trouble from the get-go. Matty Grandal comes up, now with a lefty in LeBlanc. He, a switch hitter, will move over to the right side. With one out in the bottom of the fourth, the first pitch is sent right over to second base on a line drive and snagged out of the air. Two pitches, two outs. As Grandal lines out the second. LeBlanc's going to get into the dugout and look at his counterpart and say, why couldn't you get anybody out? These guys swing at the first pitch all the time. Sox hadn't done that up until this inning. Abreu comes in, one for one, also has the sack fly, drove in a run there. As this pitch is fouled off and the count goes one and one. LeBlanc sets and delivers, outside four-seamer misses, two and one the count. Next offering into the hole between third and short and Glacius with an acrobatic play. Jump throws it, falling away. Into the outfield and gets a Brayu by a hair. Put a star on that one, as Ed Farmer would say. Pit a star on it. Nice play by Iglesias, and the Sox go down one, two, three. End of four. They lead four to nothing. I like watching good baseball. Even if that was against my team, that was a heck of a play. And Ramon Urias will step in now. He's one for one, was thrown out trying to steal second base. The righty stands in against the righty Cease. He starts the inning with 64 pitches, his 65th is for a ball, outside curveball, 1-0 the count. Now he goes low and outside on a four-seamer, Urias lays off it, 2-0 quickly. The next pitch on the way, strike on the inside corner on a change, 81 miles an hour on that pitch. Some guys could throw to change in the 70s, you want to have it as slow as possible. Compared to your fastball the bigger the difference the more effective it's going to be the 2-1 pitch on the way Foul back a slider inside at the knees 2 and 2 the count is even Oakland leading Tampa Bay 3 to 2 right now They're in the sixth As Austin wins stands on deck for the Orioles the 3-2 pitch Outside misses on a curve So he's gonna walk him Urias got on last time and eventually tried to steal. He might try to do it again Cease angry with himself for walking the leadoff batter. He felt like he was past that Really started to lock it down in the third and fourth innings Then he walks the leadoff guy just like he did early on And wins stand in 0 for 1 and takes a curveball on the outside portion of the plate. 0 and 1 the count Cease checks the runner. Urias, who is a big lead. The pitch on the way. Lifted out down the right field line. It's going to curve foul about two sections before the pole. 0-2. The pitch. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer at the knees. He burns it by him for the first out and the fifth strikeout of the game for Dylan Cease. One out here in the fifth. Cease looks best when he's attacking. When he's nibbling, that's when the problems start to arise. When he's taking his time on the mound, the problems start to arise. When Grandal gets him into a groove and he trusts his catcher, he does very well. We're talking about one of the best framing catchers in the bigs and a veteran presence that should have a good influence on these young pitchers, and he seems to be having one so far. The pitch to Velasquez misses. The next one grounded up the middle, off the glove of Cease who tries to make the play and it bounces over the bag into center field. Robert now throws away the ball coming in. Grandal cuts it off, nobody's going to advance. Robert came up throwing, but I don't know who he was throwing to. Rolls all the way back to Grandal, but he cuts it off. and Urias does not try for third, he would have been done. So a seeing-eye single puts two on with one out here in the fifth inning. And Chris Davis is up to the plate for the Orioles. I don't know what Robert was throwing it. Like, he comes up to throw it, and I think he he assumed there would be a cutoff man. But he didn't see one, so he kind of threw it where he thought they were going to be. There was nobody there. Both Anderson and Mandrigal were both running over to bag, so maybe they got confused as to whose job it was. They haven't worked together very much. And Robert comes up thinking he's got a guy, and he <laughs> throws the thing... In between third and home. And luckily, Grandal's standing there watching this thing and saying, I got to get the ball. Somebody has to do something. We got too many rookies on the field. We got Mandrigal out there. We got Robert out there. We got Cease is essentially one. I mean, he pitched for most of the year last year. But too many guys not making decisions. Ground ball to Anderson. flipped the Mandrigal and over to first for the double play. Another double play ending another inning for the Orioles. And that's good news for the White Sox. Midway through the 5th, the Sox still lead 4 to nothing. Yoan Mancada kicks off the inning. Takes an inside pitch. 1-0 the count. Mancada has a 920 OPS and a 381 on base percentage. Grounds this one to short. Sucked up and sent over by Iglesias. And he is out. Two pitches in. He's the first out of the 5th. You know, Yohan was cruising along, and then Dave uh, threw doubt, threw shade on his batting average. He's having a rough game today at the plate. Nobody else on the White Sox seems to be, as Aloy Jimenez is up there 2-for-2. And waits as LeBlanc puts a cut fastball across the zone on the outside corner. 0-1 the count. The next offering. Foul back a 12-6 curveball. Quickly, 0-2 to Jimenez. Maybe LeBlanc should have started for the Orioles. The next offering. Chopped down to third. Scooped up over to first. Five to 5-3 put out. Two outs here in the bottom of the fifth inning. LeBlanc came in in the fourth inning for the Orioles. And has retired the first five batters he's faced. Before that, the White Sox were lighting the Orioles up to get four runs. And it felt like they could have ten right now. As Encarnacion stands in and fouls this first one off, 0-1 the count. That's why you got to get the runs when you can. You don't know if the next guy that comes in is going to be red hot. Stocks were lucky and fortunate to get runs when they could. Four is better than zero. The 1-1 pitch, Foul back. 1 and 2 the count. Remember recaps of the games. Then series recaps with full stats and much, much more after every broadcast at SoxOn35th.com. Encarnacion swings at one in the dirt. He goes down with a strikeout. After five, Sox still lead four to nothing. Top of the sixth inning. Sox are up four to nothing. Dylan Cease sits on 80 pitches. He will try to get through six, get another quality start. He deserves it. He's held him down. Has not given up a lot of runs over his last four or five starts. Been very, very effective. You keep seeing the ERA and the whip go lower and lower and lower. And the guy behind the plate, Yasmani Grandal, has a lot to do with that. Glacius, who led off the game, leaves off this eight. inning and takes a ball high. 1-0 the count. He has 31 hits on the season. That's third on his team. As Cease goes into the wind. Throws this one below the knees, 2-0 LeBlanc has come in And really changed things for the Orioles in terms of pitching As this one's flied out to Mazzara Can of corn, he's underneath it And there's one gone in the top of sixth inning So the Sox are fortunate to have that lead Because he's much stingier with the pitching And the defense is picked up for the Orioles as well behind him Dwight Smith, Jr. is 0 for 2. The lefty stands in and takes a four-seamer inside at the knees. 1-0. One out, top of the sixth inning. The pitch from Cease. Swinging strike. Changeup. Low in the zone. 1-1 one and one the count. Rondell looks to be calling for a pitch high now. He gets it. It's sent out to center field. Underneath it is Robert. He'll wait patiently and make an easy catch. Two batters, two outs. Both teams pretty much coming up, swinging, and making outs over the last couple of innings as the game's pace has picked up. Trey Mancini's 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a flyout. He comes up with two outs here in the top of the sixth inning. Cease looks in and wastes no time. He's already into the wind. He gets a strike down the middle on a curveball. Mancini currently leads the Orioles. With his 304 batting average. This is a team with a lot of guys in the starting lineup that are hitting below 200. Strike down the middle on a four seamer, 0 2 quickly. Cease had 23 pitches and 19 pitches in the first two innings. Over the last three, he's been single digits twice. The effectiveness has stepped up as this one is rifled out into left center field, trailing back towards the wall and gone, Mancini hits a solo shot. The first run of the series for the Orioles is a 404 foot blast that got out of here in a hurry into about the fourth or fifth row in the left center field gap, 106.5 miles per hour on the exit velocity. Mancini rounds the bases, that's his fifth round tripper of the season. And it is a 4-1 ball game with two outs here in the sixth inning. It was a nice offering from Cease. He went low and away. And Mancini just was looking for it, obviously, because he made solid contact and took that one out. And Nunez now stands in. 0-1 and takes a four-seamer inside for a strike. 0-1 the count. He's got to walk in the first inning. Dylan Cease has been stingy giving up runs, especially home runs lately. But nobody's perfect, as this four seamer's fouled off quickly. The count is 0-2. Rondell raises the glove up high. The pitch coming in is high. Way too high. It goes for a ball. Count is 1-2. Two outs, top of the sixth inning. Mancini just hit one out. The first run for the Orioles so far in this series. Took them 15 innings. Almost 16 to get their first run of the series. This one's now sent down the third baseline, tailing towards the wall. It is gone. The Orioles go back-to-back against Dylan Cease. As Nunez puts it down the line on a line drive, Cease screams into his glove. He is frustrated with himself. Gets out at 106.3 miles per hour. 348 feet into the White Sox bullpen. Right down the line, about three feet fair along the along the line next to the pole. Just gets over the wall, too. Like, if it's two feet lower or three feet more to the left, that is not a home run. So now Cease is giving up back-to-back home runs to the Orioles. The Sox lead is cut in half, 4-2. and two. And the next one is sent out deep in the right field, tailing back. Mazzaro will leap, and it's over his head. Back-to-back Tobacco the Orioles Santander hits one out I can't believe what I'm watching right now as the White Sox fan base is stunned and I am stunned as well and Dylan Cease kicks the dirt that is an, he is just frustrated now now it's like they have a cheat code you can't figure out what's going on here the White Sox have been holding down the Orioles Cease has been holding down the Orioles nothing's been hit really deep That one lands in the Goose Island bar. They're going to come out and talk to their pitcher. Cooper's going to talk. Nobody was warming up. He was cruising. He had two outs. They got to get guys up now. Just a turn of events with two outs to have back-to-back-to-back home runs. And Coop is out there visiting with his pitcher, trying to tell him, you got to get together. He puts one arm on Cease's shoulder and one arm on Grandal's shoulder. And he's trying to have a heart-to-heart with them. Like, what what is going on here? Are Are we giving something away? Maybe that's what they're talking about. Herrera and Fry are up. Warming up quickly. With two outs in the top of the sixth. Just moments ago, it was four to nothing. Then three straight home runs. And the last two were on the last two pitches that ceased through. And he throws this one high, nowhere near the plate. Because I wouldn't want to throw anything near the plate either. I would imagine his confidence is shaking a little bit. He's got Urias up there as one for one. He doesn't seem like he's a real power threat. I think dylan has got to realize he went through the middle of their order and their guys were on him somehow. You still have the lead. Strike on the inside corner. One and one the count. It's a check swing. They said he went around enough. So the 1-1 pitch from Dylan Cease on the way, swung on and missed on a changeup, low and inside, he's 1-2, but remember, he was 0-2 on one of those home runs, it wasn't like he was struggling, Dylan Cease was cruising and hit a wall, swung on and missed on a four seamer, gives a little fist pump but it's subdued, he's frustrated with himself. Through six, he gave up three, so that's a quality start, but he wanted much more than that. Midway through the six, it's a one run game. Herrera and Fry continue to warm in the bullpen. One of them will be coming in. I would imagine it'll be Herrera with Fry available just in case. He's more of a guy that comes in at the back half of an inning. There's also double barrel action going on in the Orioles' bullpen, although LeBlanc has been really solid. And Mazzara stands in takes a ball outside, 1-0 the count. The next pitch, swung on and chopped up the middle, It's gonna be fielded and sent over, because the shift was on, so you had Iglesias so close to second, he's able to make that play and throw him out. There's one gone here in the bottom of the six, and here's Nick Manderville, one for two with a triple and an RBI. Let's see if LeBlanc can figure out the strike zone on this guy. Looks like if I made a character for my son, and used his actual height, and he's 12, takes a, takes a fastball for a strike, Owen and won the count. Now he lifts one out in the right center field, get down, it's over his head and it's gonna roll to the wall. Mandrigal comes around second, he's chugging for third. He is in the third right now, standing up with a triple. Nick Mandrigal two for three with two three baggers today. Both of them out in the right center field, this one. Gets over the head. Misjudged by the right fielder. Velasquez, the center fielder, has to run all the way back and get that one, but it's way too late. The Sox are in business with Luis Robert coming up and Mandrigal standing on third base with one out here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Robert's one for two with a base hit. And he would like to do damage. The pitch on the way. Outside changeup misses 1-0 the count in his last three games. He's hitting 333 So Luis Roberts starting to figure it out a little bit don't get too excited You need more than three games of being good But as the average now hovers around 200 And Roberts one for two today with a stolen base He's looking to do something 2-0 in the count the pitch from LeBlanc Swung on and missed on a four-seamer in on the hands. Wicked pitch comes inside on him. And it was in the zone, nothing you could do with that. Two and one. LeBlanc delivers. Pop back foul, now the count is even at two. Sox lead four to three. Gave up three runs in the last half inning on back-to-back-to-back home runs. All solo shots, thankfully. As a changeup comes inside and Robert swings underneath it, He strikes out, shakes his head. But he shook his head more like he understood what he did wrong. It wasn't that despair that we've seen after a bats. That was a confident like, yep, I I know what I did wrong, and I'm ready the next time that comes at me. He's learning. Tim Anderson's up now with two outs and a runner on third. You'd love to get across. He's one for three. First pitch catches the outside corner on a curveball. 0-1 the count. Singled in the second inning. Hitting 331 right now. And you'd like to see him get one through to score a and get the White Sox a little bit of breathing room After this thing got really tight really quick Low oh change-up two. swung on and missed 0-2 oh That's the same pitch that Roberts missed to finish his at-bat So LeBlanc is relying on that pitch Now he comes inside the boy. same way but he misses the zone and Anderson takes it So he's throwing a combination of curveballs and change-ups But they both have a similar break And he's trying to come inside, below the waist. He misses there again. He feels like Sox batters are not going to get around on that pitch. Anderson barely gets around and fouls it back. Once again, low and inside, low and inside, low and inside. Changing slightly the pitch that he's throwing. Now he goes and gets him again with a changeup low and inside, and Anderson can't get it. So LeBlanc felt really confident about that pitch, and White Sox hitters couldn't hit it. Nice hit by Madrigal, unfortunately cannot get across. End of six, Sox lead by one. Jace Fry is actually going to start off this inning. He's got 12 games under his belt and seven innings pitched. He's 2-1. and one. He's got a 5.14 earned run average, 12 strikeouts and four walks. And he'll start off the seventh. Dylan Cease is done for the day. Six innings pitched, he gave up three earned runs, all of them with two outs in the sixth inning. With the bases clear, he gives up back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Otherwise, he was brilliant today. Had another really nice outing. I know he'll be frustrated. But he's still got the Sox with the lead. Fry throws the first pitch to Wins, 1-0. Wins is not very good against lefties. In fact, the lineup, 7-8-9, doesn't look very good against lefties at all when you look at it. And I think that's why Fry is in here. He's 2-0, though, quickly. And now he misses outside on a changeup 3-0. You know, when you bring in a lefty specialist against guys that don't hit lefties well, you don't want them to walk a guy. He's 3-0 and on his first three pitches, and he throws this outside and walks him on four. That's just disgusting. And there are some jeers coming from the crowd on that one. You got one job, and if you can't do that job, you don't become very useful. We sit around, we talk about what's going to happen. How are the White Sox going to solve the problem of where everybody goes when Michael Kopech eventually joins the staff. Well, what if they send Gonzalez in and they still have two lefties? Could Jace Fry go down? Change up, low at the knees like he heard me. Gets a strike across, and he gets the big cheer from the fan base, who was frustrated. Here at the ballpark, a long cheer coming from everybody. There are a lot of people standing, clapping at him for getting a strike. He's 0-1 to Velasquez, who's 1 for 2 on the day. And now he misses with a curveball, 1-1, one and, one, and booze start to rain down. Jace Fry is in a pressure cooker. You got White Sox fans that can't believe this game is even close. And a cut fastball foul back, 1-2. Fry checks the runner at first, the pitch on the way. In the dirt. It's going to be scooped up by Grandal. It doesn't get away, but it's going to be a 2-2 two two count. Count is even at two. No outs in the top of the seventh. Leoff runner was walked on four pitches. Fry now gets him swinging on a cut fastball inside. Velasquez throws his bat back towards the dugout in front of him. He's so angry that he missed that pitch. Screaming at himself. That's a frustrated man at the plate. The Sox get their first out of the inning. And Chris Davis comes up with one out in the top of the seventh. The lefty. Batting ninth. Takes a strike down the middle on a cut fastball. Oh, and one the count. He's got a strike on the ground out. He's one for five in this series. The pitch from Fry. Misses outside on a curveball one and one. Herrera continues the warm in the bullpen. Fry checks the runner and pitches. Hits the outside corner at the knees. Cut fastball, taken for a strike, 1 and 2. Fry trying to get himself out of the mini jam that he put himself into walking the leadoff hitter. Looks in at Davis, the 9-hitter, and delivers. Swinging strike, and he misses it, and he is sat down. So he strikes out the next 2 after walking the leadoff hitter for the inning here in the 7th. He's got 2 outs, and Jose Iglesias coming up to the plate. They're going to come out and talk with Fry now for a second. And that's going to be it for Jace Fry as Kelvin Herrera will now enter the game. Herrera has 11 games under his belt, 15 and a third innings, 2.35 earned run average, 13 strikeouts, 7 walks. Righties are only hitting 125 against him. And that's what Iglesias is. So Jose Iglesias is one for two. And he does not do as well statistically against right-handed pitching as he does against lefties. Fry's job was to pitch to those three batters at the bottom of the order that aren't good against lefties. He got two of them out. One's on first base. Now Herrera's job is to finish this inning. The 1-0 pitch sent out into shallow right field. Mandrigal will wave off Mazzara coming in and make the catch. The Sox are through the 7th or at least the top of the 7th, heading to the bottom with a 4-3 lead as they get up for the 7th inning stretch. Hector Velazquez has 20 games and 26 innings in those 20 games. A 2.42 earned run average, and the righty will stand in as the pitcher in the bottom of the 7th inning for the Orioles. As Yasmati Grandal, the catcher, is 0-2 with a walk. He'll come up. He's hit from the left side, then hit from the right side. He's back on the left side again. He's got a walk and a run scored. As Hector Velazquez takes a long time looking in and delivers. And it's fouled back. 0-1 the count here in the bottom of the seventh inning. White Sox leading 4-3. Red Sox beat the Rangers 6-0 in Fenway today. That game's a final now. They scored six off of Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn just shut us down cold. It was one of our worst games offensively all year. Ground ball, the first bobbled. They're going to get it over, though, in time. A faster runner might have made it. One out on the 3-1 to putout. Jose Abreu steps up to the plate. The pitch on the way. Low sinker below the knees. 1-0 the count to Abreu. Aaron Bummer. Warms up in the White Sox bullpen right now. Herrera could also come out to at least start the inning. There's one out here in the bottom of the seventh. Sox leading 4-3 to as this one is sent out deep into left field. Tailing back to the wall. It'll be caught up against the wall. Abreu gave it a ride on a line drive. But not enough. You know, that's what's amazing about all those home runs from the Orioles in the sixth inning. The wind is still gusting in from center field. And it totally knocked down that home run from Abreu, or what would have been one, instead it's a fly out to left field. Juan Mankata's 0 for 3 was frustrated his last time up, batting from the left side again with two outs here in the bottom of the 7th and nobody on. He takes a lot of first pitches, strikes, balls, down the middle, he likes to look at the pitcher. He is not a first pitch kind of guy, normally. The second one here, he grounds the short over to first on the easy put out. The Sox go down one, two, three. After seven, the White Sox continue to hold on to a four to three lead against the Baltimore Orioles. Dwight Smith Jr. will come to the plate 0 for three. Kelvin Herrera will remain in the game with Bummer warming out in the outfield. This one is grounded right up the middle for a base hit. So if the strategy was. See how well Herrera can do. First pitch gets sent out there. Trey Mancini's going to come up. Austin Hayes is going to come in and pinch run at first base. And Ricky Renteria is going to go get his pitcher. Aaron Bummer has been warming up in the bullpen along with Carson Fomer. And Renteria is going to come out to the mound. And this is really interesting. In comes Carson Fomer Fomer has an ERA in the mid-twos. And a whip of 1.26. And we heard Ricky Renteria say, as he announced attendance is 26,560, that he wanted to see Fulmer in more intense situations. I didn't know that meant we are bringing in Carson Fulmer with one on in the eighth inning against Trey Mancini. And he throws a ball there, a changeup inside 2-0. The knock on Fulmer has been that he's been very successful, but he hasn't been doing it. In big situations and the Sox have talked about the idea of getting him into a big situation he's 3-0 by the way with Nunez on deck and he's gonna have to face three batters there's like a buzz in the stadium like what is going on as he throws a strike on the outside corner three and one the count Bummer continues the warm I'm sure he was shocked that Renteria called for the righty as well but obviously they want to give Carson a chance here It's a dress rehearsal. We've been talking about the idea that Michael Kopech is going to be coming up. Maybe the White Sox want to see what he does when he actually has to make a pitch. Well, what he did right there is he just walked Mancini. And with no outs, we've got two on here in the eighth inning with only a one-run lead. And Renato Nunez comes up. If you paid for a ticket today, you're like, I wanted to see a win. I didn't want to see an experiment. But this is going to say a lot. First of all, Fulmer has to pitch every once in a while. You've got to use him. Secondly, they got to find out if he can actually do it in a big situation, so they're giving him one. Throws a strike down the middle on a curveball, 0-1. I believe this is the last stand of Carson Fulmer. If he gets out of this inning. The argument might be made. He stays up. When it comes time to bring up Michael Kopech in the next week or so, as the team seems to be poised to do. Throws that one outside, 1-1 one one the count. The pitch... Cracked out for a base hit down the third baseline. It's going to score a run. Jimenez gets the ball in quickly. Second and third on the double. Guess what? Carson Fomer. not the answer. This game is tied at four. Santander stands in. 1-0 and quickly. He has a home run in the sixth. I can't believe we're in a tie ball game. I can't believe Carson Fulmer's out there. Runners at second and third here in the top of the eighth inning. The pitch on the way. A strike at the knees, four seamer, one and one the count. Fulmer looks in, the pitch. Fouls that back on a two seamer, one and two. Still no outs here in the top of the eighth inning. The White Sox seem to be giving up this game. Inside pitch misses, two and two. The next offering, foul back, count stays even at two. By the way, this is Fomer's third batter. I'm pretty sure if he doesn't get an out, that's it. misses on a four-seamer inside, 3-2 and the count. The payoff pitch. And possibly a bus ticket down to, well, anywhere. He'd be DFA'd. He's out of options. Where's he getting a bus ticket to? Bus ticket home? Bus ticket to some kind of South American League? I don't know where he goes. But he's getting a bus ticket here. Oh, he strikes him out on a four-seamer. Don't print the bus ticket yet for Carson Fulmer. Big cheer from inside the stadium here for Fomer. And is Renteria going to let him pitch to Urias? He is. Why do I feel like the manager put him out there to prove that he shouldn't be on the team? Feeling like with the way this Baltimore team is constructed, that maybe his guys can come up and still save this game. 1-0 quickly to Urias. The pitch from Folmer. Low misses 2-0. Let's end this experiment. You're killing me. The next pitch. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer. Two and one. Fomer delivers. Down the first baseline. Foul. Two and two. The count is even. Runners at second and third. Tie ball game. One out. Top of the eighth. The pitch. High pitch. Misses on a four-seamer. Three and two. The count. With Austin wins on deck. Carson Fomer, I think, is pitching for his... Major League career at this point At least His time with the White Sox The pitch on the way Swung on and missed on a change up Oh this is exciting drama He strikes out too I mean he is He is so close To not being on this team And Carson Fulmer Sits him down So still second and third With two outs now On the top of the eighth And Wins comes up and puts this one out in the center field. Roberts gonna track back towards the wall and catch it in front of the warning track and Carson Fulmer escapes and the run he gave up isn't his own because Herrera put him on. He did give up a double though. Midway through the eighth, we're tied. Sean Armstrong, 18 games, 17 innings, 7.41 ERA. The righty comes in to pitch now in the bottom of the eighth for the Orioles in a 4-4 tie. And Aloy Jimenez leads it off for the Sox. It's a tie game here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Back-to-back-to-back home runs. In the sixth with two outs for the Orioles. Made it four to three. And then a crazy eighth inning. The Sox give up a run. It could have been a lot more. But Ricky Renteria wants to know what he's got with the White Sox draft pick, Carson Fulmer, who's out of options. And you know what? I don't think he played himself off the team there. He found something. And he got out of that inning, and now Jimenez is 3-0 quickly at the plate with Armstrong pitching to him in a 4-4 tie. The pitch on the way. Swung on and sent out in a right field, tailing back, but it looks like it's going to be caught near the Goose Island bar. Jimenez swings on a 3-0 pitch and flies out the right field for the first down of the inning. Encarnacion steps in, takes an outside four-seam fastball for ball one. Armstrong is not really finding the strike zone early. I felt like Jimenez gave him a break by swinging at one that could have been ball four. But he really wanted it. Now he misses the zone again on a low pitch, 2-0, to Encarnacion, who hopefully will be a little bit more patient. Next pitch is high, ball three. I'll be honest with you, he's thrown seven pitches, and I believe all seven of them were outside of the zone. Jimenez reached for one that was close and sent it out for a flyout another 3-0 count Let's see what Encarnacion does Takes a pitch inside for ball four so he lays off it More of a veteran up there realizing we got a relief pitcher who's thrown eight balls and eight pitches And Nomar Mazzara will step up with a runner on first base. They're gonna pinch run for Encarnacion Danny Mendick will come into the game and run for Edwin Encarnacion. So Mendick puts a little bit more speed on. Encarnacion's really a station-to-station guy in a tie ball game here with one out in the bottom of the eighth. The pitch on the way is high and misses a four-seam fastball. 1-0. Quickly to Mazzara. He's yet to throw a strike. Make him throw a strike. The pitch. Down the middle, and he did foul this one off on a cut fastball. That one's right down the middle. 1-1 the count of Mazzara. Two home runs this week, only three on the season. Slider catches the outside corner as now Armstrong is finding the zone. One and two to the White Sox right fielder, Mazzara. He's 0 for 2 on the day with a walk. Swings on and drives one deep in the right center field. Way back to the wall, and it's off the top of the wall. It's going to stay in. Mendix coming around third. He's going to score. Mazzara's in the second, and the White Sox take the lead 5-4. Nomar Mazzara with his seventh double on the season gets another RBI. A big hit for a struggling player on the White Sox who's starting to come alive here this week. And the Sox take the lead five to four. Nick Mander goes two for three with two triples. Stands up at the plate, swings at the first one. Rifles are in the right field for a base hit. Mazzara's gonna come around third. He's heading for home, the throw comes in. Safe front of the tag. Mazzara's safe on an RBI single from Madrigal, who's now three for four. A big game for the little man. Right after Ricky Renteria said today, we're gonna get him more playing time. We've gotta give this kid a chance. The Sox score two here in the bottom of the eighth inning. And they lead this game six to four. Richard Blyer will come in now with a 2.20 earned run average over 16 and a third innings. As Luis Robert will step up to the plate. He's one for three with a single and a run scored. There's one out still here in the bottom of the eighth inning. And a runner on first in Nick Mandrigal who has some speed. Mandrigal with a lead. The pitch on the way. Chopped down the third baseline foul. The 0-1 pitch. Low, cut fastball below the knees. One and one. One and one the count. Aaron Bummer, Alex Colome both up. Dave, we've talked about this. Let's talk about it now while people can listen to it Because we've talked about this separately Bummer Originally Looked like he could be the closer The sim wants to make him the closer all right. But Colome is our closer Bummer has been much more effective Colome's already blown two saves Before he got to May His ERA is much higher His whip is the highest in the bullpen right now How long does Alex Colome hold on? And does it become a thing where you start using Bummer sometimes in the ninth, depending on if he matches up best? Sometimes using him in the seventh, sometimes in the eighth. Because you don't have a lot of lefties you can use. Jace Fry struggled a little bit. He did he did actually pretty good today, but he doesn't normally come in and get an entire ending under his belt. What would you do? Is this one's rifle out in the right field? Robert with a base hit, Madrigal's in the second. Well, is gonna come around now and try for third to throw over and he's safe. He is a quick little guy. Nick Mandrigal turned on the wheels at second base and goes first to third. The ball was already in the glove out in right field when he touched second base and he was going. And he beats the throw in on a head-first slide. First and third with one out in the bottom of the eighth, and Anderson comes up. So Dave, what do you do? Because right now Ricky Renterini has got to figure it out. Do I go with Bummer, who's lights out? Or do I go with Colome? And maybe the decision's taken out of his hands if the White Sox score a few more runs here in the bottom of the eighth inning. You know, before the,
1: the season was canceled, postponed, whatever else had you, I mean, there was talk about the possibility of Rick Hahn going out there to get, you know, to get another bullpen guy. You can get bullpen guys pretty easily. I mean, they're out there. So. If you need more left-handed, if you need more left-handed pitching, because you need to make Bummer your closer, that's something that I think would have been done before the season started. And if the if the actual season has played out the way that the simulation has played out, where you know all of a sudden Colome is going off the boil and Bummer is uh, turning into a reliable. Back end bullpen guy that you could use as a closer, you know, pretty sure Rick Hahn would have either brought somebody up or, you know, gone out and got somebody who's just sitting on his couch. If, if it was me, give Bummer some shots at that closer position, but then be prepared to go out there and get somebody to help balance out the bullpen a little bit for the middle of games, or if you need to bring in a, a lefty in
0: the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning. Anderson grounds at the second the throw over the shortstop Inglacius gets it over to first he will not get Anderson the run is going to score they attempt the double play and cannot get it it goes four to six on the fielder's choice Mandrigal scores Roberts out at second base Anderson safe at first and the White Sox now lead by three seven to four so at this point I would think it's going to be either pitcher I mean it's really whatever the manager prefers at this point they're the two guys that are up. You can go with either one now and not say, well, I picked this guy because he's the closer. But I don't think I don't think Ricky Renteria should be worried about who comes in in ninth inning. You know, who cares? You're the right guy for the job. I don't know if you need a traditional closer in the major leagues these days. You know, and every once in a while, if you want to have a bummer do the ninth, you should let him do it. This one is a shot back down the first baseline, back towards the wall, and is caught up against the bar. The Goose Island section almost gets out. Grandal nearly makes it nine, but the Sox only have seven, and leads seven to four going into the ninth inning. Alex Colome will come into the game here in the ninth inning with a three-run lead. He's got nine to third innings and in only 11 games at this point. He's five for seven in save opportunities. He's got a 3.86 third run average. The whip's a little high. They're going to give him some work as he throws a cut fastball inside to Andrew Velasquez taken for a strike. The next offering, outside for a ball, 1-1. One and one. Sox lead by three here in the top of the ninth inning. They have been winning for most of the game, four to nothing. Three home runs in a row by the Orioles with two outs in the six made it close. They tied it in the top of the eighth. But then the White Sox immediately put on three runs in the bottom of the eighth, and that's why... We have a chance to finish this out now. The one-two pitch is high, cut fastball 2-2 two two the count. Swung out and missed on a changeup low and outside. Palome sits down. Velasquez. There's one out here in the ninth inning. The Sox are two outs away from taking the first two of this three-game set against the Orioles. And Chris Davis steps in. 0 for 3. Struck out his last time up. He's 1 for 6 in the series. The pitch Low 4 Seamer misses 1-0. Davis is 3-for-13 against Colome. Or Colome if you're nasty. I hear it said both ways. I always call him Colome. If Jason Benetti was here, he'd probably call him something else. I don't know. 2-0 count, the pitch on the way. Lifted out into left field. Jimenez is going to trail back, put his glove up, and catch it up against the sign and the wall. In left center a long out but there's two outs here in the top of the ninth inning and Jose Iglesias stands in one for three and Colome deals immediately to the right-handed hitting Iglesias and a four seamer hits the outside corner for a strike 0 and 1 Sox fans on their feet looking for the win a cut fastball goes for a strike 0 and 2 so quickly one strike away an up and down game, but a fun one here. If we could put it away, rifled out in the left field. Jimenez on his horse makes a nice play running towards foul territory. And the White Sox will win it. And guess who the winning pitcher is? Carson Fulmer. Oh, you would have told me that was going to happen about midway through this game. I would have laughed at you. Young man gets a win. Maybe he's learning how to pitch. You know, maybe this is the bright spot in the season. He definitely doesn't want to get sent down if a decision has to be made in the next couple of weeks and the Sox decide to elevate a starting pitcher by the name of one Michael Kopech. The Sox win this one 7-4. Two runs in the first, one in the second, one in the third, gave up three in the sixth, and one in the eighth before scoring three in the bottom of the eighth inning and Nick Madrigal is your player of the game. Congratulations to him, three for four, two triples, two RBI. Carson Fulmer is your winner. He had an inning pitched, he gave up a hit, a walk, two strikeouts and the run that crossed was not his but it tied up the game and took the win away from Dylan Cease. Alex Colome gets the save over one inning pitch. He struck out one, didn't let anybody on base. Sean Armstrong will take the loss. He had nothing when he came in, and thank you for sending us Sean Armstrong. As the White Sox had given up this lead, they were able to get it back right away. Nomar Mazara one for three with a double and two RBI. Aloy Jimenez, two for four with an RBI and a run scored, and Luis Robert, two for four with a run. Think about that. Madrigal, Mazzara, Robert, Three of the four names I'm mentioning with the top stats at the plate today. And those guys have all been struggling. If they put it together, it is all the way with this team. Because they look good right now. The White Sox win their 20th game of the season. And now sit at 20 and 13 and go for the sweep tomorrow. Sunday, my buddy Dave will be joining me. We will wrap things up on this weekend we're spending together. Remember to support Cork and Carrie at the park at 33rd in Princeton. Go to Grubhub or Cork and at the park.com. And remember, these simulated games have been going on since opening day and can be found only at Socks in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at Socks in the Bye bye, everybody.
1: Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.